This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the motherfucking Wrestler Review. Oh yeah, we're doing the Macho Man. There's gonna be so many paid impressions of him. Oh yeah, wanna talk about someone who has a bad relationship with women? I just wanted to be my dad, but that didn't work out. So now my brother's only one alive, and he denies that I was ever abusive. Nice. My brother Lanny, he has an infrared sauna, and is obsessed with not wiping his ass when he shits. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm John Hastings. That's Dylan Gott. First things first, Larry Zabisco's episode was last week. Bruno San Martino has died in the week prior. I'm going to say what everyone's thinking. Thank you, Bruno, for your sacrifice in the name of publicizing our episode. It is really appreciated. <laughs> this is the new Mike Sanders dog. Yeah, Bruno Sabertino, you're a dog. <laughs> Bark like a dog, bitch. Ho, ho. I guarantee Larry Zabisco cares about Bruno Sammartino as much as Mike Sanders cared about his dog. I guarantee... For those of you that don't know... That Larry Zabisco is going to jump on the fucking coffin uh, like a black mother after a gangland shoot. My baby! My baby! He's going <laughs> to oh, scream. There you go. Make fun of him. Make fun of yeah. school shootings, John. I'm not making fun of school shootings. You're making light of school shootings. Yes, that is what I am doing. Ooh, the light is here. So for those of you that don't know, we did a natural born thrillers compilation oh. where we uh, profiled everyone in the natural born thrillers except Johnny Stamboli. Uh, and the reason uh, and then uh, sorry. And then after we did that, after we released our Mike Sanders episode where we just said mean things about Mike Sanders, his dog died. His dog and died. He his dog us. died that day. And his dog. He blocked us on Twitter. He blocked us on Twitter. I think because he thought we were making fun of his dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what? How deep into pro wrestling do you have to be? You're googling if Mike Sanders' dog died and then jumping on him. Like that would be commendable if anything else. Like I gotta say, if anyone. If any fucks are going to do it, it's these two fucks right here. It's these two loco chachos. All right. So, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, also known as Randy Mario Pafo. Uh, hey, it's a me, a Mario Pafo. Also, uh, this is going to be one of four parts. Yeah, this is the Good. first of Just four so parts. Just so everyone knows. We're going to take you approximately all the way to the Intercontinental run. Um, yeah, but depending on how many cum jokes we have, that might get stalled. Uh, he was born to a woman named Judy, and a ball of rage wrapped in an Italian immigrant voice named Angelo. Angelo did six thousand and thirty-three yeah. sit-ups. Yeah. He was so Why excited. Why did he do six thousand thirty-three? So excited he didn't die. He did thirty-three more for every year Jesus was alive. Imagine <laughs> that's your father. Oh, daddy, I, oh. I have the flu. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, Randy, your penis is small. <laughs> but daddy, Isa, 
I'm two. Ah, and when I was two, my penis was in eight women. <laughs> Here's my favorite thing about Angelo Poffo is the interview where he talks about him doing 6,033 sit-ups. He's like, I did 6,000, then I did 33 extras because that's a religious man. As if you can only show religion by feats of strength. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, are you praying? You pray while doing sit-ups. Hey, priest, you are my bitch. <laughs> Six uh, out of, what, a, what a fucking nut. And a lot of it, honestly, um, is instead of best and worst, because we usually do the best thing and the worst thing, um, since this is a four-part series... I'm just going to, at the end of this episode, John, we're just going to theorize what mental illness Randy Savage had. Is that okay? Yes, very good. I already have some theories. I do too, because the whole time I'm watching this, it's like he re- he's there's something weird with him, and I would love to just get a therapist on and just give them the Coles notes of Randy Savage's life and just really hash out what made him go loco, you know? Um so he uh, was an avid baseball player, and everyone says this, but Savage wasn't a natural athlete, but he literally from sunup to sundown played baseball. He was also, um, he's not good. Uh, he was not, like they say he was in the St. Louis uh, Cardinals farm system. He was in single A for four years. Yeah, I don't actually, that's because, Trip is triple A right before the majors or is that double A? Is double A so the no the way it goes is uh single A, double A, triple A. So he was in the lowest rung of minor league baseball. Wow. So if it makes any sense, like you go to double A, yeah, you there's three steps essentially before going to the majors, and he was in that first step. Now, I'm not saying he was a bad baseball player as far as, like, real people playing baseball goes, but just, like, as far as dedicating yourself to something, this is everyone's literal nightmare. This is why people don't try on tests in high school, because you don't want to try as hard as Macho Man does and just straight up fail. But, like, it's inspiring. Props to him, man. He just, he tried his hardest, and he failed, and uh, he he was going to marry a lady, and then he said no, because I... Uh, legit assume that she would have been a representation of his failure uh his father was also a minor league baseball player so he uh he just just kind of disappointed daddy i suppose it's it's like every wrestler we talk about it starts sad and it gets sadder the thing with it is, i don't know if him. he did disappoint his dad because his dad was a wrestler and then when he goes into wrestling like randy becomes a star pretty quickly and also mm-hmm. you know helps his dad we're jumping ahead so dylan how does Randy quit baseball? Let's just jump to the great part. Here's how he quits baseball. So he hurts his shoulder. He gets released unconditionally for the last time. It's been multiple times. I believe it's uh, three or four. And what he does is he has this bag of bats that he always carries around with him, right? Uh, and what he does is he takes the bats and smashes them all into a fine paste up against a tree. And then he never talked about baseball Again. App so fucking lootly. So, for everyone at home, just take note of that. When we get to our mental illness sweepstakes at the end of this, he never talked about baseball again. I will win 
you will <laughs> lose. And now I, I'm going to throw some stats at you because we do have some listeners in the United States as well as the United Kingdom, and uh, I'll try and make sense of them. Uh, so he played 289 games in four minor league seasons, uh, batting 254, 16 home runs, and 66 RBIs. Now, the average major league baseball season is 162 games, and a power hitter would probably hit, like a good hit-the-ball uh, far guy would probably hit 25 home runs in that time. Randy Savage would have roughly averaged about nine home runs a year, so even at the like lowest rung of professional baseball, he was just like, like he was like a passable hitter, you know? And if yeah. that's how you... Yeah, he was like a passable, like, if this... If Randy Savage was playing a pickup baseball game, you would be like, thank fucking God we have the greatest player in the, the world here. But he's like the lowest rung of professional. And it's kind of like, isn't it interesting that like the only two guys that jump, we always think about retired football players being excellent wrestlers, but the only two guys that jump to mind as far as retired baseball players, like people who played baseball and then abandoned that for pro wrestling are legitimately Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes. So maybe... Vince McMahon needs to start scouting some fucking single A psychopaths. It's very funny. No, because but the yeah, actually no, I was about to be like, but baseball, there's so much leaner. I'm like, no, now in the steroid era, no, they're as big as any wrestler. Yeah, he needs to start hanging out yeah, exactly. in a major league s parking lot like the uh, uh, get a load of this fucking guy. That's a major league reference that you all better have understood. Yeah, the movie Major League. Yeah. Also, my dick name. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, but wait, your dick. Okay. Your dick's nickname is not Major League. It is. Because when you get no, there. Your dick, <laughs> no, your dick's get, nickname is Major League there, 3 made it back the big to the time minors. Of what? Your dick's nickname is Major League 3 back to the minors because you fuck kids. <laughs> that's inappropriate. That's, that's back, in, back in a bunch of minors. <laughs> that's inappropriate. That's rude. That's hurtful. <laughs> oh, I'm Dylan. I think pedophilia uh, Johnny, is Johnny, the King Hastings. <laughs> Ah, Dylan, Jerry Lawler, God, that's you. No, I already made that joke. It was very good. Back to the minors. I don't like it. Hey, John, you walked into it. What was it? A joke about how you're a pedophile. (laughs) YOLO. Dear Diary, I'm Dylan. I don't know how to write or read. Also, I suck. (laughs) I mean, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Just saying someone can't read, that's that's how you do things. That's how you that's how you insult people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're all living it our read. You can't fucking read. Uh where of. Anyway, back to the show. How dare you? So, so uh the entire time uh a Randy Poffo has been in minor league baseball. He was also uh, wrestling under the pseudonym The Spider, uh, and he was mostly a jobber. Of course, of course, this must win so daddy does not cry is also fake fighting while also playing baseball. Do you understand? Like, oh, I'm trying to live my dream, but I also, of course, must live my father's dream. Yeah, but now here's a weird thing because he did have a bunch of injuries that sidelined him. Do you think those may have just all been from being slammed by old Polish men? <laughs> I think it's probably a fatigue thing, which is like your muscles need to rest. And he was just like, instead of wrestling my muscles, I'm going to show everyone. I'm going to show everyone how big my dick is. It's more thick than long. <laughs> it's like a catcher's mitt. No, it's not. Yeah. I rub it against the clit. Oh, you You're know. wide. 
I make my little pee hole like open a crab's claw grabbing at a pebble. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get into yeah, it. Yeah. Stop and do my asshole. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> new t-shirt. Uh, so he transitioned from baseball to wrestling, uh, and then uh, apparently uh, a lady poffo says this. Once... Randy Savage quit baseball. All he did was talk about wrestling. And I do believe in what you're saying here, John. I do believe he was burning the candle at both ends. But Major League Baseball did not pay as mu- that much back then. I'm sure single A wasn't exactly paying the bills either. Also, good God do I fucking hope that... And the other thing is, by the or di- we might have said it and I wasn't paying attention. Angelo was a wrestling promoter. Like, he was a... Um, uh, a uh, a pretty big territorial star. What was one of his great gimmicks, by the way? You, oh, the miser. Yeah. What is that code for, John? He's Jewish. That's bad. <laughs> so here's what he did. He came out in a mask, and what were his tights, guys? Dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they're... Oh, yeah. Get me the Macho Man Randy Savage gimmick. Make sure it's racist. Oh, my fucking fucking God. Now, apparently he earned the nickname Macho Man from a bunch of, like, uh, brawls in single A where he would really take charge and basically be the most violent. And then people would hold up signs in the stands saying, hit it here, Macho Man, with his jersey number. Also, I'm going to look this up right now. But when was the song Macho Macho Man released? Because uh, I feel like this I'm gonna could say late just 70s. be... I'm going to say it was the late 70s. All right. So let's try and track. Uh, can you look up when, uh, when uh, Randy Savage took on the name Macho Man? Because so we have as of 75, 76, he's still Randy Poffo. Because the na- reason he takes on the Savage is because basically his character is like a savage. Well, they, and, they, they uh, said that the Macho Man came from his baseball career. And I'm just saying, all right. I'm no, no, just no, no, no. Hang I'm on. Pl- I'm just trying to work through the logic of it. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to came into it. He came into the Fed with it because yeah. of. Um, I'm just saying this. I'm just saying that, like, I know I, I understand that this is his name and whatever. Like, I understand this is his. Uh, the story was this is because of baseball. I'm just being Alex, the Alex Jones of pro wrestling that I am, and saying that I think it also may have just been that that song came out. So, like all wrestling things, they just took the biggest thing in the world for eight seconds and then made a character of it that, ex- like, I don't want to shit on wrestling for doing that because it honestly does extend the life of things a lot. You know, like, lest we forget, Repo Man is just from the movie Repo Man, which was like a cool movie at the time. But then Vince McMahon was like, plus everyone hates Repo Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they work for the miser, also known as Angelo, comma, the Jew, comma. <laughs> Do you think that Vince tried to get the miser and just ended up with Macho Man? He's like, God damn it. I said Jew. Get me yeah, I guarantee. Um, I guarantee that's what happened. No, what? Macho Man. All right, so Macho Man, the uh, the song by 
the village people was released in 1978. Um, and Macho Man himself was um, named that in... Yeah, in 78. Yeah. So. Okay, so it's 100% the song. 100% the song. Maybe not. Wait a minute. Um, do, 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 do. I don't know. It's inconclusive, but it could have been either It's or not wrong, inconclusive. Allow me to conclude it. It's wrestling. So 100%. 100%. 1 million percent. They were like, what do we call you? Uh, how would you call me better than dad? Oh, yeah. No, you're <laughs> Macho Man. Okay. I would have loved YMCA Randy Savage, though. <laughs> In the Navy, Randy Savage? He was sleeping under the ring the whole time. This guy loves the YMCA. <laughs> oh, my God. He offers a, uh, a reasonable priced pension for a long service. <laughs> He's, in the, He's just endorsing foosball because it's all free at the YMCA. No, he wrestled as Randy Poffo up until about 1978. Um, and at this point, he is really good in the ring. He's tagging with his brother a lot. But the problem is, as a lot of people have, is that he isn't, he's not really connected on the mic because he's still himself. So you need to make that leap to like a character. And what happens is Lanny Poffo and him are watching uh, Prince Curtis Iakea. And Prince Curtis Iakea would just say, oh yeah. And Lanny basically said, just say that. And then Macho Man did and he kind of put everything together this like psychopath character where he would just do all this fucking off the wall shit but still here's the difference though he always made sense because like a lot of people would compare him to the ultimate warrior in this way but he always had a definable want like yeah if you're doing a minute long promo then 30 seconds of it was nut shit but then it was like this insane man's coming to try and kill you like he has no idea what's going on other than he wants you to die also Oh, John yawned again, everybody. Punch your cards. Take a shot. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> uh, also, he's the only wrestling pro uh, promo where I can, like, I vividly remember at least 10 fucking interviews. One of, oh, yeah, the Danger Zone one. The Danger Zone one, the WrestleMania 7 one, where he literally walks off camera just going, and that will be the worst. Yeah. He's what was best. He's another wrestler where it's everything that's good about wrestling because... In the ring, he's fucking great, and you take everything seriously, but then those interviews are so entertaining that you could watch this shit with anybody, and they will sit down and watch it with you, because this man is so fun to watch. Because it's, cause it's like, hey, cocaine, threaten this man. Okay, oh, all of the wolves coming around today. I don't know where my pants are, but the red on my hey. body, aren't they? I was meth before meth was meth. Yeah. I know yeah, and now that I realize this, it's basically like... I'm the only man who could get away just wearing capes. My my wife lives... Everybody <laughs> else lives in one, too. I try to check my wife as baggage, yeah. The airport said, no, you gotta give her a ticket. I said, she's not a person, yeah. Also, I don't like you, George Steele. Oh, I cannot wait to get to the George Steele stuff. All right. Can we talk about the fact... That uh, him and his dad and his brother ran an outlaw promotion because there's some great stories that come out of that. I think we have to. We're talking about his life, you dumb shit. I don't know if we were at that point yet, but I want to talk about it because it's the best. Uh, that point yet. No, he's just put together the Macho Man character and essentially like 
So here's something solid that his dad does, though. He doesn't think his sons are being represented well in wrestling, so he literally puts together a promotion. He's like, don't worry, guys. Your old man will put back on the hood as the miser, and we'll get you some work. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. The miser does what he does best, taking money from people with his grubby little hands. (laughs) So uh, explain what an outlaw promotion is uh, quickly, John, if you could. In that time of the NWA, if you were a promotion who didn't follow their rules and went into another territory, you would be deemed an outlaw promotion and they would try and counter-program against you and put you out of business. The most famous outlaw promotion of all time is called the WWF and they won pretty fucking handily. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They were also referred to as mud shows. Jim Cornette will still go on about them, but they were actually a pretty big deal, and you would do things like bring Harley Race into your territory, and he would just go and beat someone up. Uh, and then you also, you'd have to parlay. Now, the thing with Outlaw Territories the NWA doesn't talk about is they actually were very successful a lot of the time, and some of the bigger, more famous territories were, for the most part, Outlaw promotions. For example, Paul Bosch in Houston was so popular and so big that the and he was never part of the NWA. He would have the NWA champion... Because the NWA fucking needed him because he was so fucking big and would occasionally try and fuck him over. Famously, just having Harley race no show twice. And so Paul Bosch, uh, then Ernie Ladd heard about it. Even though Ernie Ladd wasn't in the territory, didn't feel like that's how a champion should behave. So he just uh, came and sat in the uh, locker room waiting for Harley race. Shit like that. A lot of intimidation factors. This was in the Memphis territory. So this is the Poffo family versus Jerry Sticky Fingers Lawler. And um, Jerry, oh my God, my son took so many pills that Vince forgot that he was a fuckwit, Jarrett. And uh, <laughs> fun stories come out of this. For example, uh, Macho Man got arrested for uh, shoplifting and claimed it was part of the gimmick. It was an angle. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> There's nothing about that I don't enjoy. He also tried to fight a cop because yes, he did. They, he was because he was hungry and no, he, no, sorry. I skipped to the end of the story. They went into a diner, him and another wrestler went into a diner and the, it was the the cooks was getting married and everyone was celebrating and then Macho Man went, Who gives a fuck? <laughs> and then the yeah, and then the cook got me, you, yeah. And then they each grabbed knives <laughs> and uh, cops showed up and Macho Man realized he had a butter knife and just kept on fighting the cops. <laughs> great. Great, great, great. Um Wrestling. 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 Um here's my impression of uh, uh Memphis wrestling at that time though. Hey, uh, I'm Jerry Jarrett. Uh, ooh, the the gross uh, was good, but the net wasn't on the uh, arena. Um, no, we sold ten thousand tickets at ten dollars a pop. You have a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to cut your twenty down to a cool fifteen. Anyway, Jerry wants to know if there's any ten uh, year olds. You know, that's Memphis wrestling. Ooh, the outlaws. Ooh, this outlaw promotion of his father and his two weird sons won't let the pedophile and the cheap guy be successful. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Fuck also, off. like all of the territories were making so much money. Do you understand that there was a lawsuit initiated because of the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette? What was the lawsuit over? Jim Cornette hit a woman in the face with a tennis racket. Wrestling. And, uh... Um, what? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I went into a bit of a shoot interview hole this week because I was writing a lot. Uh, and I put it on in the background because wrestling is my stories. And <laughs> I only half heard it, but effectively they had to, o- the Crockett Promotions for the first time had to open the books and show oh, a court of law how much money they were making. Keep in mind, they went under with it the next year. That's so weird. In profit, profit. So this is after everyone is paid, everyone is paid. In one year, Jim Crockett made $12 million. I think that Jim Crockett may just be a buffoon character from like a shitty sitcom. He is. Where it's just like, Jim, you had $12 million. Well, this man came by and he wanted $10 million for all these magic beans and a year's supply of bottle caps. I have Jim. a mink coat now. I'm a mink coat boy. <laughs> Oh, my mink coat needed a doggy on it, and then I bought another doggy, and now I'm out of pudding. Jam. Oh, some people use the faucet for their bath. I use bottled water because my skin is really flab. (laughs) Um... So they start in about 79. Um, in 1981, they hire a hot piece of fucking pussy named Elizabeth. And oh. that's when Macho Man goes to work on that wet cunt. I don't like anything you I was sad because I thought we'd gotten past the point where you even react to me talking like that. No, nope, we're not. We'll never be past that. So he's pumping that juicy pussy. I'm back into it. And, I'm, uh, I'm jacking it. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Everybody, if you're listening to this. On earphones, take out earphones, put it on speakerphone. The macho man was fucking that juicy, juicy pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, eh, eh. I assume this Elizabeth was working at a pharmacy that Randy Savage robbed and he claimed it was a wrestling storyline. She's like, you're such a devil. (laughs) (laughs) Oopsie doopsie, I thought these were free. Oh, Randy. You mean the cash register? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, who stolen my panties? I wear them because they're my dick. I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. that <laughs> Um, So in ICW uh, was driven out of business by the CWA, which is the other Memphis promotion. Now, uh, interesting point. There's a Macho Man documentary on the WWE Network called The Randy Savage Story. And this is kind of presented as a basically a um like they all like they basically present everything this is presented like a like mutual takeover when in reality there is like a article from the time and i believe it's in sports illustrated uh that randy actually has to pen an apology letter to lawler uh it, it basically apologizing randy writes in all due respect, you have a great product. We tried to come in and do something that was unethical at the time, and it didn't work. If you could ever use us, we're available. So basically, he has to come in on his hands and fucking knees. When Lawler, of course, presents it, and Jarrett presents it as, Oh, no, yeah, we knew they were really good, so we just decided to use them. Which is not the case. But they still do a bunch of great blow-off uh, stuff with Savage and Lawler, and for whatever you want to say about Jerry Lawler as a person, he is... 
almost universally revered as one of the best wrestlers of the 80s. So uh, these Savage and Lawler matches were absolutely fantastic and did great, great business. And now you're plugging Randy Savage into Memphis with people like Austin Idol, with Jerry Lawler, with Jimmy Hart. This is an amazing, amazing roster. Amazing. Fucking amazing. Where's Lanny Poffo? He's writing a poem. Where's Randy Poffo? Or uh, Angelo Poffo? He is eating coins. (laughs) And he te- he teams with uh, people such as Magnum TA, uh, Rick Rude in a short feud. He has uh, with the Rock and Roll Express where he pile drives uh, Ricky through a table. And they all consider that the foundation of hardcore wrestling, blah, 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 whatever. You're scratching your own cock. You know what I mean? Yo. He wins a couple t- he wins a couple titles uh, during this time. One from Terry uh, Taylor, he- which I just think is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Taylor is like, ah, uh, uh, this guy's uh, this guy's too black for me to job to. That's my Jerry Taylor. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Uh, he does a five. Uh, he has a five thousand uh, dollar. He tans too good. I don't want to. I don't want to say hi. Uh, I'm supposed <laughs> to be Ric Flair, and I'm not a bird. <laughs> Do you think that? Uh, there will eventually be a male uh manager of a female wrestler, and he's called the Cuck because he just watches. You know. Yeah, and it'd be played by you. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. There's a guy called The Winner, and it's me. Um, no, so, true. December 30th, 1984, uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth get married in real life, sees. Uh, they move to what? a house in Kentucky. What? No, no, they get married at Summers. Fake news. Fake news. Oh, actually, s- you no, sorry. work for Bernie Sanders. This is a Trump supporting con- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that tape from SummerSlam was actually recorded on December 30th, 1984 and just played at SummerSlam. Did you know that, John? I did. It's, it is weird that he waited that long to attack Jake the Snake Roberts, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, bygones, right? Uh, so they moved to Kentucky, and the only reason I mention this is because this is where Randy's own mom said once they moved in together in their own house, they were not in love with anymore. Wrestling is sad. Oh, wrestling God. is sad. I don't. Oh, wrestling, God. wrestling, wrestling, sad. But she also, I no offense to Judy Poffo, but she does strike me as the kind of woman that's like, uh, well, uh, once you're not with your mama, you'll never have happiness. <laughs> I hope so. I know so, baby. So then he loses a loser leave town match not soon after that in Memphis to Jerry Lawler. Because uh, he is going to the WWF, baby, which we'll talk about right after the break. You fucking pieces of shit. Please still listen. Do not listen. You are, no, you are not welcome here. I'm showing you that tattoo from American History X. This means not welcome. After the break. This one will be even shorter. Patreon.com backslash rest of the review. You know why to go there. And if you don't. Suck it. There's shit on my ass. We're back from the fucking break. Fuck face. Fuck. Put on a condom. Get ready to have consensual podcast-based sex. Take out a condom. Cut that shit in half. Tell them we are having a baby tonight. I blast loads. All right, so... Randy Savage comes into the WWF after receiving rave reviews from people like Howard Finkel and Jimmy Hart, also known as two people that Vince McMahon considers less than his shit. <laughs> Supposedly, anytime you saw a car get damaged in, on WWF te- television, 
that was Howard Finkel's car. Get out of here. That I mean, I believe it. I, do you think it was a smooth transition to him? Like, how long was the overlap of Jim Ross and Howard Finkel being in the company used regularly where Vince McMahon was like, ha, 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 I, I'm coming on the small ones. <laughs> yeah. Weak, weak, weak. That's you. Tubby shitbags. Um, Howard Finkel, of course. Um, shit in their ass. What is Howard Finkel responsible for? He's responsible for naming it WrestleMania. Yep, and not the Colossal Tussle or Hulkamania. Or I don't know the other one. What's the other one? We fuck kids. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's the pay-per-view you and Jerry Lawler put on when he had a stroke, you fucking pederast. WFK, man. WWF presents WFK. Oh, good God. That was the other one. <laughs> this think of this arena as a giant van <laughs> the wrestlemania everybody <laughs> why is mr t smiling and hulk hogan crying hulk hogan's younger than mr t so mr t makes him think he is considering him a kid i'm very uncomfortable <laughs> i'm very sorry we do everything we have 95 ushers that will ensure your children will be separated from you it is only a matter of time this podcast <laughs> shouldn't come with a trigger warning it should just come with um a guy who goes i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah we genuinely don't believe any of the things we say except for john believes everything he says no 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 um, yeah. Here's what I believe. I believe that Dylan is a fucking, he's a fuck pig who's got a fucking leaky dick. You leak. When I you would laugh, get a shirt that says piss. fuck pig. What? I think fuck pig is a very good term, actually, John. And I, I, I would don't like you shaming my fuck piggingness. You're a barnyard pig. Oink, oink. Put it on my bedoinkadoink, you know? No. Ooh, dig in my mayo jar. No, that's bad. Get all the cum out. Get all the cum out of my mayonnaise jar. That means my butt. Everyone knows that. Macho Man Randy a Savage man with a debuts <laughs> and does uh, they do the uh, hottest for age in, in uh, wrestling angle, uh, which we covered in the Miss Elizabeth episode. Basically, a bunch of managers go, "We want this fucking guy," um, and they end up being with. Miss Elizabeth. Briefly, it was discussed that he would go with... Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt, which would have been fucking amazing. Uh, Missy, go in this closet so people aren't tempted. Okay, but these boys are coming in, and so is this broom <laughs> I fuck people. Missy Hyatt would have been, like, real, real good as a female character now. Oh, she yeah, would have, she would. She would have been the best female character now because she would have been my idea for charlotte flair which is the charlotte flair that fucks everybody and then it's just zach Ryder being like why didn't she call and she's like yeah, have some self-respect <laughs> and then she go be zasica well again it, it would be that amazing charlotte flair or, or uh angle you want to do where she's just fucking all the men and fucking, like, yeah and destroying their mind yeah exactly sex positive also I didn't say you could touch my fucking crackers. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to get down. I'm here to clown. It's so weird how differently I think of Missy Hyatt now when it was like all the mid-2000s shoot interviews where she fucked everybody. And then now Missy's got all the power. It's great. Yeah. Missy Hyatt still does kind of bum me out. but that's Oh, for sure. She's she. There's a definitely a time where you should leave wrestling and 
they should almost have a third po- like if wrestling actually had a union their the union reps only job would be to show up at a fan fest and just be like it's over now yeah time to go what i yeah. said time to go <laughs> so um jo- Macho Man does the uh, best manager thing. How many times did they do this angle in the 80s? Because we twice. Bam Bam Bigelow also did this. It was only twice. I think it was only twice, yeah. So Macho Man at this time, like the gimmick is pretty much together. He's been wrestling for 11 years. Just want to drive that home because whenever someone comes into WWE now and they kind of stink and everyone shits on them, uh, they're usually been wrestling for five minutes. Yeah, like th- this guy was an, this was a quote-unquote indie darling who's been wrestling longer. His debut, he'd been wrestling longer than Roman Reigns had when Roman Reigns won the fucking WWF title. Like, yeah, it was a different time. They yeah. could take their time, and thank fuck they could because Randy comes in with the character, the attitude, the look that would basically be what he does until he takes a bunch of steroids and walks into a battle royal on Thunder in 1999. Like, <laughs> oh, here's here's my que- here's a thing though. He also uh, more than a lot of wrestlers also very much took advantage of the increased production value that the increased salary has and what i mean is different robe every night um he went he went up to kept track of it so they never repeated robes in cities yes which as we all know listening to the rest review i have a real bugaboo about costumes i absolutely agree also he does a thing that started with which was in tournaments this is really weird but in tournaments the baby face always changes their attire uh, every time they come out and wrestle, wrestle, which is a weird thing a lot of other wrestlers did later, but he was the first person to do it. And it, it's this weird visual thing like he's like, oh, he cares more? I don't know what it is, but it really fucking, you're like, oh, that that Randy Savage. Well, it's just he he's keeps you on your toes and it, makes, and it makes everything, it makes like that night feel very special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like CM Punk used to do that where he just had different trunks for different occasions. Obviously, he wore the Savage trunks after Randy Savage passed. Started... Started doing the big elbow off the top. Can we also talk about that at this point? Which, in terms of a finisher, like, when I was a kid, I don't know why, but that move, I was just like, well, who would kick out of that? He literally just dropped the pointiest part of his body on your fucking neck. You're fucking dead. Yeah. And the other thing of, like, that with the double axe handle, he has, like, the craziest aerial offense, and he's also, like, a big guy and his attire at the time was also used to accentuate and make him look bigger because we talk about this in other episodes, about a Roddy Piper episode specifically, where this is very much Land of the Giants, but Savage and Piper, and we'll actually talk about this more in part two, but they're great draws with Hogan because they're fucking insane and they've sold the crowd on this. Yes, and also it's one of those things where the it's the same example used for the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors drew money when they were with bumping small heels that could that weren't going to like we're going to outstrength them. It's like they're devious, they're going to fucking they're going to do something that's going to hurt them. They're going to bring a knife into the fucking yeah. ring. And Macho yeah. Man and Piper both had that in different ways. The Mega Powers exploding which we'll get to in knowing us 5 weeks from now. Um. Yes. Very different build, but him building up to getting the IC title, all that sort of stuff. He does have this air of like, what the fuck's he gonna do? Like he'll fucking kill you, and does. Yes. Yeah, and the other way he is a heel is that he also 
cheats for himself. What I mean by that is he's like a strong heel. Now the, the we'll do this in the future, I'm sure, but Chris Jericho, for instance, like when Chris Jericho became the undisputed champion, everyone talks about how he beat Austin and Rock in one night. He had interference and he was pulled on top of Austin and Rock essentially yeah. both times. The way Macho Man is a heel is he has a manager, yes, but the manager Miss Elizabeth is essentially a face because all he does is call her on to be like, you're a stupid woman, and then throw her into a pile of leaves. And every time he wins, he cheats on his own behalf. And he's a great heel in the fact that this is a really great version of a heel is that he doesn't even need to do anything that is a pro wrestling heel tactic. He People just fucking hate him because he's an awful person. And the other thing is, you can kind of identify with this type of dude. Like, this is the type of meathead shit asshole that you see in a gym who just treats his like lovely girlfriend like shit and you always wonder why is she with that guy it's a different type of character that honestly with this slow a build of like legit like six years a build of them being together on wwf tv hasn't really been done before or since where you've had a manager that's essentially a face and the act the main act is a heel it's it's really groundbreaking shit, and, and the character is all the way there, and the reason it's all the way there is because this guy is one of the most meticulous wrestlers who took it the most seriously of any wrestler ever. Oh, yeah, that is probably the smartest thing you've ever said. Wait, yes it is. No, I've said tons of smart things. He is wrestling for an audience of one every night, and that man's name is Angelo, and Angelo, uh, Randy, you, <laughs> your lockup was 4.2 beats off. Are you trying to embarrass your mom? Your mother is crying, <laughs> Randy. <laughs> she making a sauce bad, Randy. Because of you bad at the axe handle. He didn't talk about it like that at all. No, he didn't. It's he more was, fun. He was from Memphis. Oh, Randy. That's my southern accent. Oh, good stuff. Thank you. Can you do it again? Oh, Randy. Nice. I'm Randy. Um, yeah, and he's his amazing, amazing um, in-ring and promos and the whole package like he's clearly a world champion is totally belied by the fact that he is a monster yes. putting also with elizabeth which is sort of this begrudging like the nice woman with the evil man uh going into him getting the icy title back never remembering him being a bad guy even the like the people they put him with which was the idea that his big main feud once he gets the icy title is going to be with george the animal steel he gets the icy title by the way from tito santana um uh this thing where they were doing this long sort of thing where danny davis was basically a shitty referee and one of the things that uh, he does is he makes sure that uh randy savage gets the icy title and it's a great fucking um little bit of business that eventually leads to Danny Davis becoming dangerous Danny Davis and wearing some of the worst ring attire ever. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, how else do you want a referee to dress? Like a badass? Danny Davis dressed like he should. He he dressed in referee tights. Oh, it's so embarrassing. And just... Big Daddy wants to break out. And just the red words that are dangerous on the back. Oh, go fuck yourself. Very good. He also get he also touches with Hogan a few times at house shows. Um, uh, always losing by countout, uh, which is interesting that they were protecting them even then. Um, it's going into 1996, and we have Randy feuding with George the Animal Steel. George the Animal Steel, famous gym teacher from Michigan, who is now working full time for the WWF because he wants to retire. He becomes very close with Miss Elizabeth, use her as a daughter. 
Randy sees this as a threat to his authority. Yes, he does. Made worse by George the Animal Steel constantly saying, when I grab Elizabeth's ankle, I will look at her panties. <laughs> Made even worse by Ernie the Big Cat Lad going, oh, George likes looking at panties. I just want to say this, though. Uh, George the Animal Steel, we have an episode out on him. He's a very good man. And one of the only wrestlers who I would say is 100% reflective, he reflects on this and honestly says this. He says uh, he would say this shit and try and get on Savage's nerves. And the way Randy Savage meticulously would uh, work out a match is he would hand you five pages of notes. And Steamboat attested this where he had a book of spots and it got to the point where he could just say, where Steamboat would memorize the entire book of spots, and then he would just say numbers, essentially, and then they would run through those spots. So George, old school, was like, oh, call out in the ring, and he was a real dick, and he, like, ripped up the piece of paper and threw it in the garbage, and then obviously Savage went fucking nuts. Um, George says, the only reason I did that is because I was sad that I was wrapping up wrestling, and this was a young star, and I knew, you know what I mean? I knew my trajectory and I knew his trajectory and I was jealous, which I think is super. That is not something a wrestler says. That is something a good fucking person. Yeah. Says. What a nice man. George Steele. Nicely on his life. Yeah. No, he's a good man. Yeah. God, do I like George the Animal Steel. I was upset that I wouldn't be able to fight the Sheik anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> well, the other thing about the George Steele is like this nice old man saying he's going to look at your wife's panties just because he knows. Yeah, fuck with me. You know what I mean? I'm more in here than anyone. Everyone loves me. Like, people will just rip your fucking head off and throw it down. Throw it down a fucking hallway, you know? Yeah, you fucking piece um, of shit. Here's a real fun th uh, quote is that Gene Okerlund says, uh, speaking on how Randy Savage would essentially lock Elizabeth in a room because, as we know, women can't resist the cock, you know? Yeah. What if Bob Orton Jr. <laughs> what if Bob Orton Jr. seduces my wife? <laughs> yeah. What if stinky Andre the Giant shows her his cock? <laughs> oh no, Arnold what? Just Goland might talk to her. Do you want to see Backlund's Oh man. Towel? Oh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart is I don't know showing me his micro dick. There's no one to worry about in this <laughs> yeah. locker room. <laughs> micro dick. Oh God, it's like a thumb that's been chewed. <laughs> I've checked out a lot of wrestlers bulge let me tell you Jim the NFL Nightheart's not impressive no not impressive as mine I still like the greatest quote about a bulge ever Randy why do you wear black trunks I got a thick dick and it shows up if I don't <laughs> Randy Orton on screen boring off screen exactly who you want Randy Orton yeah. to be <laughs> oh. Randy why are all your kids crying they figured out I don't know their names on purpose. <laughs> I've been calling these kids Bud since about 06. <laughs> they finally caught on. Oh, that's good stuff. I just want I just want to read you a Gene Oakland quote that actually might be scarier than any of the uh, fun skits we've done about him. Is he was talking about how Randy mistreated uh, mistreated uh, Elizabeth, and he said. Um, Randy was a loose cannon. In the early days, Randy was very protective of Elizabeth to the point where it uh, bothered a lot of the boys. But what could you do? 
Take it to Vince McMahon and make yourself look like a powder puff? <laughs> hey, I think there's some domestic abuse happening. You're gay. Welcome, everyone, to my favorite wrestler of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage. He treated women <laughs> like the toilets that they are. <laughs> ah. Uh, as we all know, I have three favorite wrestlers. Chris Benoit, what people think Kevin Sullivan did, and of course, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Buck Zumoff, not for me. He got caught. Now. <laughs> I don't understand why they celebrate serial killers. Those are just failures. Yes. I'm prolific. The closest I got caught was one time I drank a lot of whiskey with Kevin Nash, and he doesn't know this, but I replaced his hip with tissue paper. Ha <laughs> ha. I <laughs> fucked his hip bone. Welcome, everyone, to Macho Man Randy Savage. Doing what women deserve. Having them be controlled like dogs, because they are dogs. I'm a dog. Bark like a dog. My mom used to put my dick in a waffle press. No, you're <laughs> I guess I guess it's uh, time I could tell you. Uh, my ultimate prank I ever pulled was one time I dressed up as a tree and got in the way of Macho Man's car. <laughs> I wonder how that worked out. Let's not forget the time that I went to Lex Luger and Elizabeth's house when they were both asleep and strangled her to death. Welcome, everyone, to Atlanta, Georgia. What a, f what a fun prank. Yes. If, uh, if the walls could talk, they would say, oh, Gene, you are someone who likes justice. <laughs> so um, let's discuss further along in his intercontinental uh, title reign. Um, so basically, he's is working on and off with Hogan. They're kind of putting him in the top mix. It's a slow entry. He feuds with George the Animal Steel. Uh, and then we get to the initial feud with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, Steamboat around this time really is one of the best wrestlers of all time. I mean, if you guys have your, if you guys have a couple minutes, you should really watch Jake the Snake Roberts talking about the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat feud that they had, where Steamboat said DDT me on the concrete, and Jake explained to him that will knock you unconscious, and Ricky was like, okay, and then he did it. And it did. Yeah. And Jake is like almost not strong enough to, because it's just dead weight. And he puts, a man is completely unconscious for like five minutes. <laughs> and then Jake's like, okay, well, this is pro wrestling. I'll put a fucking predator on you. So he puts a snake on him. Oh, wrestling's fucked. Oh, yeah. But keep in mind, like Ricky Steamboat to get color um, was like, oh, we need to make sure you look beat up after Rick Flair attacked him. And they were like, well, what do we do? Uh, and then George Scott and I think Harley Race we're gonna sandpaper your face. What? Why? And they're like, oh, so you looked beat. You look beat up when people who don't know about wrestling ask what happened to you. And then they just took sandpaper. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, Ricky the Dragon. They, there's a reason why Ricky the Dragon Steamboat like got the Intercontinental Title and then wanted to break. It's because he's like, um, like he was also keep in mind like a competitive bodybuilder all at the same time. Like and he was an all natural bodybuilder. So that body, unlike everyone else who was doing steroids, that is au natural, baby. So we got a big match on set one of the first Saturday night's main events with uh, Macho Man and George the Animal Steel, where George the Animal Steel steals Elizabeth and runs to the back. I assume a lot of this shit was purely booked just so Macho Man would actually start going fucking insane. Also, how much of a heel are you that someone can steal your wife and it gains them sympathy? Also, keep in mind, by the way, Randy demanded to know where George was going to be holding Elizabeth. 
This is the best. If you notice, George, because he was like, you don't grab her. You don't grab her. Like he kept saying her backside. <laughs> George the Animal. The George the Animal Steel kayfabe commentary shoot interview. Probably one of the most uplifting, lovely things you'll ever watch. It's a of nice course. old man reflecting on his life well spent. It is really uh, just a well-balanced man discussing his life. Yeah. Never let, got, let wrestling go to his head, really. Never really had the chance to. Great. He's like one of those teachers that does stand up. Yeah. But it's like if you pop off and you're like, oh, I guess I'm famous now. All the teachers we know that do stand up and then they get famous or turn out to be weird. He's like one of the ones who just got famous and was like, okay, well, I'm still I'm still a history uh, professor first, actually. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm I'm the co-chair of the history department at Middleweight High School first. WWF heavyweight champion of the world third father second <laughs> to, to that i love we're heading towards the wrestlemania 3 uh wrestlemania p uh, is what i call it don't call it that <laughs> welcome to wrestlemania p <laughs> wfk3 oh right. no no yes yes get it get it Get all of it in you. Welcome, everyone. I'm Mean Gene Oakland, and even I don't like Dylan's jag about pedophilia. A man has to have morals. <laughs> now I've got a bunch of feet in my freezers. I'm going to go make shoes. Yes. Now that uh -huh. I have a And all of those feet come from 18-year-old boys and girls minimum. One of them is from <laughs> my mom. She's my dress shoes. That's terrifying. That's really actually a bit much. Um... So towards the end of the Randy and George feud, um, they set up WrestleMania three, which would be uh, Steamboat, uh, obviously versus Savage, and um, the whole point of this feud essentially is to get both of them over equally. And if you look at the match, it's a weird one because they keep Savage so strong while having him lose the IC title. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You, It's almost like Vince McMahon knew he wasn't going with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Even though at the end of this match, it really looks like, yeah, you keep Macho Man bad boy. And, so strong. And Ricky is filling the Ultimate Warrior role before there's an Ultimate Warrior. He's the number two to Hogan, but that never really happens. Like, Macho Man... And also, if you listen to the crowd at WrestleMania 3, they're not really booing Macho Man at this point, because as much as, yes, he's crazy, he's fucking cool as fuck. Like, he's wearing weird ski glasses. He's got a mullet and makes it look... He makes it work. Like, it's it's bizarre. Well, plus, he's only... He's taking on two people at once. Um, essentially, George is now absolved in the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat feud, because Randy's beating up George so much just because George essentially the storyline is a mentally handicapped man is attracted to a jock's girlfriend. Yeah. And the jock's girlfriend is grossed out by mentally handicapped man. Uh, but jock still has to beat her up. That being said, within the confines of actual society, uh, George the Animal Steel did cross some barriers by stealing a woman from time to time. Yeah. But this is also wrestling where you can. Or if I want your wife, I can challenge you to a match for her. <laughs> so, I love Tori. Let's have a match, Kane, or uh, uh, Kane, to see who spends Christmas with her. <laughs> I like that because it's not even about sex; it's just about like quality time. Yeah, it's it's even worse. <laughs> I just want to get to know her. She's gonna meet my um, family and be happy about it. Can I? But I'm I'm assuming if 
the yeah, of course. The one thing which was the craziest leading up to the WrestleMania three matches when Randy Savage supposedly destroys uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's throat with the ring bell. Um, uh huh. That was one of the craziest. I remember seeing that. I was watching WrestleMania three, which I rented from Rogers Video when I was like ten, and seeing him hit with the ring bell. And I was already knew wrestling was fake, but in that moment, I'm like. That had to be something like that was an accident they've turned into a thing because basically you just then hear Ricky's voice just like and like oh god and now knowing what I know about Ricky Dragon Steamboat he probably was just like all right I'm gonna swallow a bunch of acid to make sure that my throat doesn't work for a while <laughs> yeah he's the most well aged man who's done the weirdest shit to his body for his and the other thing is. In Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, guaranteed the Macho Man finally found someone who took pro wrestling as seriously as he did. Because before this, he's wrestling George the Animal Steel, who's very professional. Um, but he's doing matches with like people like Bruno San Martino. Obviously, Hogan takes it professionally, but he's like he's on another level at this point. He's now wrestling a guy who is A, his size, and B, takes it that seriously. So the house show lead up to this, they're running this match, like doing dress rehearsals. And this match... it. Like if you're just new to being like a like a hardcore wrestling fan, this match changed the way wrestling was essentially booked a, a lot of ways. Yeah, because it's the idea of you are it's the beginning of script it's the beginning of scripted match. Like to the point that yeah. Vince McMahon now has people literally like you write down what they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. And Macho Man did this all himself. Like I discussed, he just had that booklet of spots. Um, so they were calling spots in the ring and it's Ricky Steamboat still thinks it's his best match. Which is insane because in two years he's going to have uh, the Dave Meltzer Cream Dream matches with Ric Flair. What's very funny is Rick uh, Rick Flair maintains these are not Ricky. This is not Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's favorite match. God damn, I love Ric Flair. Yeah, well, I mean, he has to. He's <laughs> he's got he's got to say that he's got. He also else. doesn't like. He doesn't respect. He says Macho Man's not truly great because he needed Miss Elizabeth. That's not Which true. is just not true. Yeah. Rick, you needed yeah. 11 comic He just had Miss Elizabeth. And Ar- yeah, and Arn Anderson. No, like Macho Man Randy Savage was as responsible for the success of the Fed right now as Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was the bigger draw, all that sort of stuff. But like Macho Man, you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Like he's part of the whole package. And you're like, whoa, cool. Yeah, he's fucking great. <laughs> so they... Uh, Steamboat accounts that he was very, very excited. They had a three-month uh, build to the match because uh, Randy was like a perfectionist um, and absolutely made sure meticulously that everything was all planned out. Here's an interesting uh, thing I thought of, though. If you're to watch the WrestleMania three match now uh, and you're a newer fan, do you think those people would even think that Savage was the heel because, like I said, he's taking on two people, and now it's become, like, normal. If the babyface is outnumbered, it's fine for them to use weapons. And that's what Savage does. Because, essentially, the story of the match is Randy Savage is better than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but Ricky the Dragon Steamboat has a dude on the outside to, quote-unquote, even the numbers, even though Miss Elizabeth never has interfered in her life. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, what is Miss Yeah, I got to counterbalance her beauty. I know. The opposite of beauty. A hairy-backed weirdo. <laughs> well, that was the whole thing. Like, because uh, watching this match as a kid, they say the first—it's not a double turn, but it definitely helped turn Randy Savage closer to being a babyface because he didn't. Like I said, he didn't cheat other than completely justifiably. Like, did he initiate the cheating? For sure. 
But if you're looking at it in like a real fight scenario, if there's two dudes and one of them's just watching, I'm just going to start cheating, assuming the other dude's going to jump in. Yeah, 100%. So uh, just a, a steamboat uh, talking about going through the curtain again. He said, guys, we're asking us half of the match. How did you remember all that? But what really put the ice on the cake after uh, when, when Vince uh, had his WrestleMania party, Randy and I were sitting at a table in the Silver Dome and all the guys were congratulating us. And uh, even people like Arnold Skoland, Gorilla Monsoon, just uh, tapping us on the back and shaking our hands, congratulating us what we did for the company. It was a who's who of wrestling and it was all nonstop all night long. Now, I'd thought we'd put together something that was good, but people were telling it uh, it was uh, off the hook, which Ricky the Dragon Steamboat said off the hook. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Universally known as one of the best professional wrestling matches in uh, in its history. And John, instead of doing best and worst, uh, it's now uh, we're going to pick up with part two, and that will be after uh, Randy Savage has lost the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Uh, John, what do you think uh, mental disorder uh, Randy Savage has? Abandonment issues because of his dad. Also, he has OCD. I was going to say OCD is a fucking layup. Like him losing it after George the Animal Steel rips up all those papers. Yeah. And my work. That's my like you can hear it in his like you like that's not what you do. That is not what you do. And even the like fight he gets in with the guy at the diner and it's his birthday you can just see him like no i have allotted this amount of time for my feeding i will be fed or i shall take my vengeance yeah i do what i do (laughs) so macho man is pretty primed here to become uh what he will become which is the next great champion in the wwf next week we will be back with our part two of Macho Man, Randy Savage. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Oh, oh, oh. oh shit, wait. Ah, also, uh, May 4th in Toronto at the Underground Comedy Club. That's a Broadview and Queen in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, please buy tickets, $10 ahead of time, $15 at the door. That's May 4th at 9 o'clock. I'll be recording a new fucking album. John, what do you have to fucking talk about, you fat bitch? My Ember Show's tickets are on sale. Come and see. John Hastings, colon... Float like a butterfly, John Hastings like a bee. Now that's a title. That's a fucking title. Ladies and gentlemen, for Dylan God, I'm a much better man than he'll ever be. He's the Miss Elizabeth, and I'm a man. Bye-bye. Arco Arena, Sacramento, Friday night, December the 5th. Nine great matches on the card. You'll see C.V. Afi, the Killer Bees, the Moondogs, the Honky Tonk Man, the Poet Laureate, Leaping Lanny Puffo, against Bobby the Brain Heenan's Hercules, Tito Santana against the Natural Butch Reed, the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation, single matches, Davy Boy Smith against Jim the Anvil Nyhart and the Dynamite Kid against Brett the Hitman Hart, Rowdy Roddy Piper against Cowboy Bob Orton in the Intercontinental title on the line, the Macho Man Randy Savage, accompanied by Elizabeth, facing the challenge of the master of the full Nelson, Billy Jack Haynes and Randy Savage. I don't mind saying the conduct you have shown as of late, totally unbecoming not only a champion, but a professional wrestler of any kind. I'm erasing your face right now. Your face doesn't exist. In words that you say, Mr. TV announcer, have no rhythm and have no rhyme, does Billy Jack realize what kind of danger he is in? He ought to, man. He's wrestled me two times before. And the Macho Man Randy Savage 
has had his hand raised on two consecutive occasions. Here I am, the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. Make no mistake about that. In Sacramento, California, realizes that macho madness is really a hip type thing. Cannot be denied. High altitude and coming down on danger zone, Billy Jack. Yeah. You've had your warning, you've had two warnings, and now this time you're hurting bad, Sacramento! Sacramento, Friday night, December the 5th, Arco Arena, Rowdy Roddy Piper Bobby. against the bodyguard, Cowboy Bob Orton, the British Bulldogs, against the Heart Foundation in single matches, and the Intercontinental title on the line, the Macho Man against Billy Jack Haynes. Don't miss it. Macho Man Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because he'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George the Animal Steel on the outside will be no no factor, yeah. You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor, or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow, Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you've got 23 wrestlers around the outside, and it doesn't even matter, no, because I am ready, and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man! Wow, man, freak out! I tell you, it's going to be something else. Ricky Steamboat challenging Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3.